Your voice, your energy that made me realize the person that I should have been this whole time. I've said, I've said on numerous occasions. That the yes movement is dead. But maybe, just maybe, you guys brought it back to life. So, so, I have one question for you. Bray Wyatt challenged me to a universal title match. Let me ask you this Do I accept? But I have to admit something. The Miz is right. If you go through with this again, you will change. He will remove your mask and show everyone your true form. Besides, it's only fair because you helped me change, Daniel. <laughs> you helped build this place. <laughs> you remember why. Don't you? Because he certainly does. Oh, oh, I almost forgot the best part. I promised all of my fireflies a new face tonight. And I am many things, including a man of my word. <laughs> Depths of hell. 
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 183 of the Hoots Podcast. I am back. It's your boy, Josh Lopez. You can follow me on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. I am on Instagram at Lopez 94 And also, you can follow me on Instagram at Lopez Music, where I do guitar covers for your pleasure every single week. Uh, make sure to bookmark ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. And more importantly, I want to say thank you. For checking out this podcast. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you. My name is Josh Lopez. I've been doing wrestling podcasting for over seven years. And uh, this is a uh, wrestling slash life show where we talk about the positivity of pro wrestling and whatever the hell's floating through my crazy mind. <laughs> um, I'm on Hood and Lopez every single week on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, the podcast. Make sure to subscribe to that right now on all your favorite podcasting platforms, just like this one. And uh, also, you can check out the shows on ESPN 1000 WMVP AM Chicago. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast right now as you're listening to it. Please leave us a four or five star review. And, uh, it helps uh, expand the reach of the show. And uh, we want to have the show be a positive escape for you wrestling fans who are tired of listening to wrestling shows that just trash and bury the shows every single week. You know, I want to try to do something different here. On the Hoots podcast, I'm glad to be back. Uh, I was my nose was running like Niagara Falls last week, and it was just absolutely uh, torture <laughs> this time last week. You know, you know. I hope everybody, by the way, had a really good Thanksgiving. I want to make that perfectly clear. I hope you guys had a wonderful time with your families. I wasn't able to spend time with my family this year because I was at home blowing my nose off. <laughs> And it was just, it was a really rough weekend, but I'm feeling a lot better. I'm glad to be back on air. Uh, we recorded a brand new edition of Hood and Lopez right before I recorded this show. So, glad to be back on air and ready to deliver some good audio content your way. Don't forget, at the end of the show, we'll have a new episode of The Thoughts of Derrico, as always. On this week's show, I want to uh, kind of recap the weekend that I had in Rosemont for Survivor Series weekend. I was so bummed out last week that I wasn't able to do the show because, hey, here's Joshi. You went to all four shows after Survivor Series, a fun, awesome pay-per-view weekend in Chicago that you've been hyping up all year. And then the following week, you don't even have your own Hoops podcast. What the hell's up with that? What's up with that? <laughs> so I'm going to get into that in the beginning portion of the show. Um, I have some things I need to get off my chest as far as AEW is concerned. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about NXT. We have the Pro Wrestling Report, as always. And uh, lastly, starting not least, to catch you guys up what's going on with Raw and SmackDown. And, of course, the infamous Thoughts of Derrico. Let him in, man. So, 
really quick, let me take a swig of water for the working man as I do this on a Thursday. It is December 4th, uh, no, December 5th, 2019, actually. And literally, by this time next month, we'll be going into Wrestle Kingdom time, and we got uh, when Worlds Collide, where NXT and NXT UK go after each other on a big pay-per-view stage, so I'm looking forward to that. So, I'm coming off the heels of going to all four shows at the at the All-State Arena, right? SmackDown, NXT TakeOver War Games, which was a blast, uh, Survivor Series, and Monday Night Raw. First takeaway I want to put out of the way is that I'm happy that the city was able to experience that type of weekend. We had four straight wrestling shows in one building. I kind of wish at times that WWE does their shows at the United Center because it's closer to my house. But nonetheless, I do enjoy my times at the All-State Arena, even though their seats absolutely suck. Um, <laughs> uh, the only bad part from a fan attendance point of view is that I had to sit behind people who actually thought they wrote the book on how to book pro wrestling television. It was bad. You, you know how sometimes I go on rants about how some Nimrods go on air and they try to book the territory and they think they have all the answers and this and that. I have my things that I don't like and I'm not afraid to mention it. I mean, me and Hoodie had a back and forth today uh, about some stuff about AEW, but um, I'm not going to hide from what I don't like, but at the same time, I'm not going to come out here and ruin your experience of attending a wrestling show. You know, when I go to these shows, I'm not the analyst. I'm not the transcriber Joshi, you know. When I wish I had my own place inside the arena where I could do the articles and isolate myself from the fans, sure, that'd be awesome. But at the same time, when I'm going to these shows, I spent good money on this, by the way. We paid for these tickets about four months ago. And we got these tickets in advance for this weekend. And I was going there to enjoy the shows with my uncle just as a fan. I was going there to have a good time. I wanted to see some fun wrestling shows. You had really cool thing with SmackDown where you had the uh, re reincarnation of the DX Invasion. But it was, this time it was an NXT Invasion. He had Triple H and Shawn Michaels. By the way, Shawn Michaels... I don't think Shawn Michaels is on the original uh, Invasion truck, right? No, he wasn't. <laughs> so that's cool. You have you have DX on the Invasion truck uh, going inside the tunnels of the Allstate Arena for that awesome brawl that they did at the end of that SmackDown. And then you had <laughs> this funny segment where uh, DX and Road Dogg... Um, they beat up Baron Corbin to close the show Friday night. I really thought that SmackDown set the tone for what that weekend was going to be. Um, you know, th looking back at War Games and Survivor Series, you know, you had cool moments like Dakota Kai turning on Tegan Knox. You had Kevin Owens being the surprise entrant in the men's War Games match. The first ever women's War Games match, which was really a lot of fun to watch in person. I never see a War Games match in person. I did. I loved it. It was just a cool atmosphere. I really, I really dig that. Uh, the Finn Balor Matt Riddle match, really good. Uh, you had Pete Dunne and Killian Dane and Damian Priest put in a tough spot, 
But for a triple threat match, I thought they did a pretty good job. And then you go into Survivor Series, and everybody's like, oh my god, NXT's going to be buried by Raw and SmackDown. Or SmackDown's going to get most of the victories because they're the main show because they're on Fox, right? But that wasn't the case. NXT ended up winning the majority of the matches at Survivor Series. Uh, Keith Lee is a star. Uh, the interaction that Keith Lee had with Roman Reigns... Uh, Towards the end of that Met Survivor Series game, uh, Survivor Series match, it was probably one of my favorite parts of the weekend. Um, it was just fucking awesome. Uh, I'm so happy for Keith Lee, and it's cool to see the big dog do big dog things uh, in the Windy City. Uh, going back to what I was saying earlier, like I don't understand why you're going to wrestling shows just to shit on it. Like. Uh, this is going on at Survivor Series. This is going on at Raw, too. Like, I had somebody sit behind me like, oh, I hope this doesn't happen. I hope that doesn't happen. How about you let a segment play out? How about that for once? <laughs> what about, how, how bad of a Donald costume is that? You actually let a segment and match play out before you shit all over it. I don't know, just an idea. Also, other takeaways from uh, Survivor Series. Love the Rey Mysterio-Brock Lesnar match. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Pete, uh, not Pete, yeah, Pete Dunne and Adam Cole I thought had the best match of the night. I thought they stole the show with their NXT Championship match. And then, of course, you had um, Roderick Strong against AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. That was a lot of fun. And then, here's the thing I wanted to mention here. So you have so many people that whine and moan about the red lighting that goes out during the feed matches. I, I, I gotta tell you, from experiencing it in person, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. It was really, really cool to watch that in person. You have uh, the red lighting. You can see the ring crystal clear. You can still see the match going on on the Titan Tron. It does not take away from the feed or anything that's going on in the ring. It's just that portion of the audience that wants to go into business into themselves because they think they're the only person that matters uh, in the WWE Universe. Uh, it's always select few. It's never always 100% the entire crowd that doesn't like certain things that go on in WWE. It's always those people that want to go there and go into business into themselves just so they can get people like Wade Keller or Dave Meltzer or the baby Brian Alvarez to start talking. So... Um, I had a blast, uh, at Survivor Series. I kind of felt bad for Becky Lynch, Bailey, and Shayna Baszler. I didn't know why Bailey was so dominant in that match. Her character's not to the point where people want to boo her. And I think a lot of people were expecting Ronda Rousey to come out. And I was expecting Ronda Rousey to come out too. But she didn't. So I think a lot of people got their hopes up, and she didn't show up, and then, you know, people are sitting on their hands, and, um, you know, the triple threat main event match at Survivor Series was what it was, but hey, everybody, you got what you want. <laughs> NXT won the majority of matches at Survivor Series, so overall, you know, and then going to Monday Night Raw, uh, you had the Town Hall meeting. With uh, Seth Rollins, you know, caught out Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton, Charlotte. It goes into this little program right now that Seth Rollins is having with Kevin Owens. Uh, Seth Rollins is cracking under the pressure of people talking shit about him on shows and on social media. 
and Seth Rollins is speaking up for himself, and he's trying to be the locker room leader. AOP returns. Is there some type of collusion where Seth Rollins is associated with these guys? Uh, Kevin <laughs> looks like Kevin Owens is going to be the new top babyface on uh, Monday Night Raw, which I'm perfectly fine with. Uh, Kevin Owens is my current favorite WWE superstar. And anytime I can see him in a top spot, uh, it's good business for me because that boy does deliver every single time. So, with that said, just one more swig of water real quick. Overall, I really had a wonderful time, you know. Uh, I, I There's a fatigue factor that goes into going to a lot of these shows Night after night after night, uh, especially sitting in those type of seats that they have in, inside the All-State Arena, uh, we made the best of it, and, um, you know, I went to, this is not the first time I went to, like, multiple WWE shows at the same time, I've gone to WrestleMania events, I, <laughs> I did it in Orlando, um, I did it in New Orleans, I did it in San Jose, you know, I've been to multiple events in one weekend for WWE shows, so... Uh, I'm kind of used to how it feels, but it was. I'm, I'm just glad that the city of Chicago was able to have that, and um, I ho- hopefully it happens again. Maybe we have a SummerSlam or something. My only recommendation is if the next time they have a major show or a major weekend here in Chicago, please have it at the United Center. I think you can make a lot of money out of it. I think you can get a big gate out of it. Uh, I think people might enjoy the shows more because you got more comfortable seats. <laughs> it's a bigger arena. I want to see the atmosphere of a WWE Chicago audience inside the United Center, and I want to see how that compares to the one at the All-State Arena. Um, I really want to see that. So that's just something that's on my mind. I want to see the visuals of that. I think it'd be pretty freaking cool. And um, it's just an idea. I'm just throwing it out there. So please have a Raw, have a SmackDown, have anything. Please have something televised at the United Center instead of house shows. Just an idea. I just want to throw that out there. Um, Just a suggestion. So with that said, I want to say this. Uh, before we transition to this week at WWE, uh, I just want to say thank you for everybody who's uh, supported the show over the last couple of years. I truly mean it. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I love doing this show for you guys. And even though I felt bad that I was able to do the show last week, you guys are here. Uh, I appreciate you, good brothers and good sisters, that retweet the show every single week and share the show and listen to it. And um, I am not, I'm nothing without you guys. That's the truth. I have no pro wrestling transcriptions. I have. I don't have this show if it's not for you guys listening and supporting the show. So thank you guys. Uh, all right, this week at WWE, we are on the heels on the way to uh, the TLC pay view, which will be the final pay view of the year for WWE. I do want to mention the Starcade event that I watched uh, this past Sunday. Uh, you can find that article on ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Uh, you had Ric Flair appear on the Kevin Owens show, which was cool. It led, it led up to a Street Profits OC match, which was okay. My favorite part of Starcade <laughs> was not the stuff with Bobby Lashley and Lana. I want to get that out of the way. But there was a fatal four-way match where you had uh, the Kabuki Warriors putting their titles on the line against Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. 
Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and Sasha Banks and Bayley. Uh, it was a fun match. I really enjoyed that match. It was really good back and forth action. I think if you if there's any reason to watch Starcade, and I know a lot of people are having their complaints about it, and if you're gonna have a house show, just show the entire thing because there's other good matches on that card. But nonetheless, I, I like I said, if you wanted to watch this show, the one thing I would recommend would be watching the Fatal Four Way Women's Tag Team Title Match. So. That's just my thoughts there. Uh, SmackDown last week. Uh, good to see Roman Reigns get some promo time. And, you know, this feud keeps going on with him and Baron Corbin. I know a lot of people were upset with the whole mascot thing a couple weeks ago. But I think we moved past that, hopefully. Um, the only issue I've had with the feud with Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin is the squeaky dog on the Titan Tron. I know they said that uh, for this week's show that... Uh, Baron Corbin uh, plans to humiliate, uh, uh, embarrass Robbie Reigns, and uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, it looks like Baron Corbin and Robbie Reigns will end their feud at TLC, which is fine. Uh, the whole thing is about Corbin questioning Robbie Reigns as a locker room leader, and uh, Robbie Reigns is not backing down to the likes of Baron Corbin, who has his henchmen Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Uh, other things that stood out to me on SmackDown, um, you had, you, you still got the New Day chilling around, they're still the, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, um, I'll try to pull up my article here from last week, um, we still got the feud going on with Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan, as you heard at the beginning of the podcast this week, Bray Wyatt openly challenging Daniel Bryan for another uh, match for the Universal Championship. Uh, Roman Reigns had a really good match with Ron Roode on SmackDown this week. If you haven't seen it, go check that one out. Uh, you had uh, you saw the return of Sheamus, which is pretty cool. You'll get to hear that promo at the end of the show this week. Uh, Sheamus, is nice to see him back on television. Uh, Mustafa Ali and Drew Gulak had a solid team match. One of my favorite parts of SmackDown, I thought, by the way, SmackDown last week on Fox was a pretty solid show from top to bottom. My favorite part of the show was Lacey Evans coming out and her practically becoming a babyface at the expense of Sasha Banks and Bayley. Look, I made it clear I'm not the biggest Sasha Banks fan in the world. Yes, she's hot and she's amazing to look at. But her character and her, her voice is so fucking annoying. <laughs> I just gotta be honest, man. Those two sound like two girls I went to high school with that always played the victim card and always looking for sympathy for people, even though they're heels and they're two-faced. I don't know. Uh, Lacey Evans did a fantastic job in that segment. Uh, other than that, you know, you have um, the New Day taking on Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro. Which was a fine match. And then obviously, yeah, the end, like I mentioned, uh, Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan, their feud's gonna be continuing. So, I know, uh, Derek is gonna talk a little bit about TLC in this week's edition of the Thoughts of Derek Hill, but, um, there's certain matches I can come up with. I think I'll, I'll probably do it next week because that'll be the, uh, wow. <laughs> we got a pay per view next Sunday. Holy shit. <laughs> I just forgot. <laughs> So, you have um, TLC a week from this Sunday. 
Next week, we'll have our predictions for that show. I'll definitely make sure to jot that down and to make sure that I um, I got that all squared out and all that fun stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, really quick, I'm going to pull this up really quick. Uh, talk a little bit about Monday Night Raw this week from... Uh, the good old city of Nashville, Tennessee, pal. <laughs> uh, the show started off with uh, Seth Rollins apologizing to Kevin Owens. He still got this thing leaking around with AOP. Um, Kevin Owens fought Bobby Lashley. AOP attacked uh, Owens uh, from behind. And AOP dragged Owens out of the arena. So that's how their thing ended. Uh, you had... A little doubts that uh, the next edition of this Broken Skull Sessions, by the way, it's a really fun show. If you haven't watched the one that Steve Austin did with The Undertaker after Survivor Series, please go check out that conversation. It's the first time we really had The Undertaker in an element where he's talking about openly his career and his legacy in the WWE, and it's really, really good. So go check it out. But anyways, the announcement was, was that Goldberg is going to be the next special guest on uh, the Broken Soul Sessions with Steve Austin. Uh, Bobby Lashley, a lot of got arrested, which was interesting because uh, Lana and... Um, Lana's from Nashville, and Rusev, <laughs> it doesn't matter if he, how many restraining orders he put on the guy, he keeps showing up, so uh, I think people taking it a little bit too seriously, like, it's entertainment, I get it, you're breaking the law, and this and that, but I don't think the Rusev-Lana-Lashley thing is as bad as people make it out to be. Is it something that I'm clamoring for, or something that I'm on the edge of my seat for every week? Not really, but I like watching Lana, and I think she does. I think she's doing the best she can with this. And you gotta give her credit where credit's due. You, it takes commitment to having this type of angle, and she's defending it on social media. So I gotta give props where props is due. So, with always when it comes to money that raw, you got barn burners on top of barn burners. I keep calling Monday Night Raw Monday Night Barn Burner because that's what it is. You have Drew McIntyre against Akira Tozawa, right? Really good match. Uh, you had uh, Aleister Black against Tony Nese, another solid match. I try to see it almost uh, in action. He always delivers some good content. Uh, you have uh, Charlotte Flair against Asuka and Kyrie Sane in a handicap match. Now, I saw some people on social media say that they didn't like the match, which is cool. I understand. Uh, I'm not going to judge anybody for their opinions. I, From what I liked the handicap match, it felt like a, like a New Japan-style fight. It wasn't really about technical wrestling or making it look crisp. Um, the match was longer than I expected it to be, but I thought... Charlotte, Asuka, and uh, Kyrie made the most of that time. And then, of course, you have um, the main event, the OC against uh, Rey Mysterio, Ricochet, and Humberto Carrillo. The OC are still upset because Randy Orton cost AJ Styles the United States Championship. By the way, I gotta say this, AJ Styles has been cutting some funny promos recently. I know he's been a heel for over the last year or two. And he does a great job with it, but just the stuff he's been doing recently is just pretty funny. I like I like where they're going with this. It looks like it's going to be a feud with uh, Randy Orton and AJ Styles. And uh, sign me up, baby. I'm looking forward to that bad boy. So, 
that's pretty much it. You know, uh, slow plotting. You know, I hope maybe uh, by Friday, uh, tomorrow night, as I recorded said on Thursday, that they start announcing sub-matches for the TLC pay-per-view. I can't believe it's already a week for this Sunday, which is absolutely insane. This, this year's gone so, so fast, but... Um, uh, that's this week in WWE, and we'll figure out what's going to happen for the Go Home show for uh, TLC. I'll make predictions for that show next year. I'll make predictions for TLC right here next week on the Hoots Podcast. All right, let's make the transition into the Pro Wrestling Report, shall we? And this week in the Pro Wrestling Report, we're going to be talking about uh, NWA Power. And we'll also uh, catch you up really quick with what's going on in Impact Wrestling. NWA Power had their season finale this past Tuesday uh, on YouTube. You know, they're building up towards this feud for the It's a Fire pay-per-view. And that's going to be taken on a week from this Saturday. And I'm also making predictions for that show as well. <laughs> so, I... I've been more than impressed. I've been kind of floored in a positive way with how good the NWA Power Show has been on YouTube. Uh, at first, I had my um, questions and concerns and a little bit of doubt of what I was going to expect from the NWA because I didn't watch it as a kid. I was born in the mid-90s. Obviously, I have respect for the history and the tradition of that brand and the company. And I did research and I watched old NWA shows and feuds in the past and pay-per-views. But I didn't experience the NWA like a lot of you did. Maybe for those who were older than me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I didn't get to experience NWA when it was live on television or live studio wrestling in the 80s or 70s. You know, I, I wasn't alive at that point, you know. <laughs> My parents were still, like, teenagers, I think, at the time. So, you know, getting to watch this brand and just seeing, you know, Coke Cabana, Aaron Stevens, uh, Eli Drake, Jane Storm, all these guys, and Melina just cut, come out, cut good promos, have fun shows, um, the format's cool, they have a good thing going right now for the NWA, and they're building up towards this Into the Fire pay-per-view, so here's the matches that are already announced for Into the Fire, you have the question mark against Trevor Burdock, Allison Kay and Ashley Fox will take on Melina, Thunder Rosa, or Marty Bell. Any of that tag team combination there. Eli Drake against uh, Mr. Anderson. The winner of that match will um, become the... Cole is putting his uh, NWA National Heavyweight title on the line in the triple threat match against Aaron Stevens and Ricky Starks. You have the Rock and Roll Express putting their titles on the line. Um... Against the wild cards. By the way, <laughs> the Rock and Roll Express became their, the nine-time NWA World Tag Team Champions on power this week, which is pretty surprising. And then you had two really good promos from James Storm and uh, Nick Aldis as they're hyping up their two-on-three falls match at Into the Fire, which will be the main event of that show. Nick Aldis, the... Uh, national treasure and the real world champion uh, taking on Jade Storm. That was an interesting line that Nick Aldis had in his promos this week where he was saying, hey, Jade, we're not in TNA anymore. You can't 
uh, continue to make excuses for yourself. So <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny, actually. So uh, it looks like Nick Aldis and Camille are having a little break from each other. So I'm kind of curious to see where that's going. But nonetheless, like I said, season one of NWA Power. If you haven't watched it, please go out of your way to watch it. Support the brand. They said that new episodes of NWA Power will be coming back on December 17th. So it looks like season two will start there. After the It's in the Fire pay-per-view. So pretty cool. Um, let's talk about Impact Wrestling really quick. And uh, we'll get to uh, the Wednesday Night Wars. Uh, really quick, a uh, couple things that stood out to me for Impact this week. Uh, the Triple Threat match with Brian Cage, Eddie Edwards, and Michael Elgin was really, really good. If you haven't seen that match, please go out your way to check out that match. Uh, they got this thing going on where Ace Austin's trying to hook up with Trey Miguel's mom. It's kind of weird where you have like a long wrestling match and then you transition into... Um, you know, a, a, a comedy skit with uh, Trey Miguel carrying herself around like she's Stacy's mom. <laughs> so, I I don't know. It's kind of an interesting choice where they go with that sometimes. Uh, a lot of times, Impact will like take things seriously like New Japan Pro Wrestling. And then the next second, the next second they try to do old school TNA comedy. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not. Uh, you saw the return of ODB. ODB and Ty Valkyrie uh, fought each other in the main event this week, which is fine. I gotta say this really quick. Ty Valkyrie is one sexy woman. Holy shit, man. <laughs> wow. Anyway, so let's get that out of the way. Uh, they had the Sammy Callahan Tessa Blanchard contract signing for the uh, world title match that they're having at the Hard to Kill pay per view. I thought it was kind of interesting that, um, you know, you have. Um, this match that they're having in Dallas, uh, the first pay-per-view of the year, and then you have, um, you know, this match, uh, it's gonna be taking place in a bar in Dallas, you know? <laughs> I know TNA is not at the point where they have the money to, uh, go at bigger venues, but it's just not a good visual to have your history-making moment, because obviously it looks like Tessa Blanchard will become the Impact World Champion, at Heart to Kill. And then before you know it, uh, Tessa Blanchard will be your champion, right? So, uh, you want that visual at a bar? I don't know. That's just something uh, I want to throw out there. And then you have uh, other stuff on the show. Uh, Joy Wright uh, uh, denied the opportunity of being friends with Johnny Swigger, which is a smart choice. <laughs> uh you know, you have Rob Van Dam kind of being like a sleazy guy, and he's getting into a few with his old ECW guys, uh, Tommy Dreamer and uh, Rhino. And then, you know, you have the main event. It was uh, Ty Valkyrie and Johnny Bravo. Uh, Ty Valkyrie with Johnny Bravo against ODB, which was a solid match. Uh, ODB won with the assistance of Jordan Grace. Jordan Grace will be fighting Ty Valkyrie for the Impact Knockouts Championship at... Um, at Hard to Kill, the pay-per-view uh, in January. So, um, solid stuff from Impact this week. It was much better than that random IPWF show that they did uh, last week for Thanksgiving uh, time. It was just brutal. Brutal, brutal, brutal Bob Evans. S speaking of something that's not brutal, though, 
It was nice to see the announcement that John Morrison will be returning to the WWE. I, I'm really excited for that. This is the first time that John Morrison will be appearing on uh, WWE television since 2011. John Morrison, former guest of the PWE show. You can find the show on our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash the Who's Podcast. Go find that interview. Um... John Morrison, you know, had his run with Lucha on the Ground and Impact Wrestling. I told you in the past that I've been kind of iffy, iffy when it comes to, um, you know, watching John Morrison wrestle. There's some characters that I like that he plays. Uh, sometimes I like his wrestling, sometimes I don't. Kind of like 50-50 on the guy, but, like, uh, I'm happy that he's back. He's a very talented performer, and no matter what brand he's on, I think it's going to make the most out of the opportunity, obviously. And you, you have uh, a possibility of him having matches with the guys like Ricochet or Mustafa Ali, uh, uh, Chad Gable. Uh, even if he goes to Raw, you have a match with Ricochet, uh, Buddy Murphy, and Kira Tozawa. No matter what brand John Morrison is, uh, I think it would be a good thing. And WWE needs more baby faces on their roster. So, um, obviously, you can implement him in. Had that nice little nostalgia pop for him being a good guy. And then down the road, he could be back to being the heel that he's been in all these other promotions. Who knows? Maybe he just starts off being the heel, too. You never know. <laughs> That's kind of the interesting thing. You don't know where this is going. So, I'm glad that John Morris is back under the WWE fold. And he's getting this opportunity. And I think he's going to make the best out of it. So, shout out to John Morrison uh, for having his second chance with WWE. And uh, we'll see when he uh, shows up. Maybe it'll be the Royal Rumble. Who knows? Um... I'm kind of glad now that he is side where you don't have to do this annual thing where we get ready for the Royal Rumble and then <laughs> you're like guessing who's going to be the surprise entrance. Oh, it's going to be John Morrison. It's going to be Shelton Benjamin. <laughs> guess what? They're both in the company now, so we don't have to guess those two guys anymore. Maybe they'll uh, start guessing Carlito again for the eighth millionth time. I'm waiting for Chris Masters to be on the list too. <laughs> um, maybe one realistic opportunity? You could do MVP because the Royal Rumble is in Houston and MVP is based out of Houston, Texas. So just an idea out there. I just want to throw it out there. So uh, with that being said, that's the Pro Wrestling Report for this week. Uh, next week, I'll let you guys know how I felt about Into the Fire pay-per-view. All right. One last thing before we head out for the show. Let's talk about uh, this week's edition of the Wednesday Night Wars AEW versus NXT. We'll start off with AEW really quick because the, that show that I watched first last night. Um, so had in Champaign, Illinois. Uh, I think this is the first television show that the um, the State Farm Center or the Illinois uh, the Fighting Illini Arena. This is the first wrestling television show that's been inside that building. They had a lot of house shows there over the years with WWE. But I think it's the first time they actually did television inside that building. So that was kind of cool for the people down there. Because they don't usually have a lot of stuff to celebrate for. In the in the state of Illinois, you don't really want to have your t- television shows in Lockport or Rockford or uh, Champaign. <laughs> you, you want it closer to the city, right? So um, I'm happy for the people down there out in the Fighting Illini, uh, Champaign, Urbana area. 
right. Uh, Young Bucks and Dustin Rhodes against Santana and Ortiz uh, and Sammy Guevara. Uh, portions of the matches I did like. Other, other portions of the match I did not like. Um, like I was telling Hoodie on this week's edition of Hood and Lopez, I think um, uh, Santana and Ortiz miss uh, Conan more than people realize. I'm not been a fan of Proud and Powerful. I think it's odd. I don't know why they need to be in this group with Chris Jericho. Uh, I haven't liked what I've seen from them so far. They're still wrestling the same. They're still entertaining guys. I like watching them wrestle. That's not the point here. What I'm saying is that I haven't been really interested with the Proud and Powerful thing. I, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I miss LAX. And that's probably my bias coming out because I like them. And that's the first time I saw them as LAX. And I had to give them this a character a new shot, you know, so we'll see what happens. Um, you know, we had uh, another match here with Phoenix and Trent Beretta. Pretty good. One track back, backtrack real quick to the first match. That whole spot where Sammy Guevara does the shoe star press and he's vlogging and he's looking like a douchebag, right? That's the character he's playing. So they do that, right? And then the Young Bucks super kick him in midair. I don't mind Young Bucks and Dust Rhodes tag tagging with each other. It's fine. Obviously, they still got the few going on with Santana Ortiz. They're fighting each other next week in the Texas Street fight. But, um, I don't know, man. There's something off about the way that AEW structures their television shows. My bigger point that I was mentioning is that I, there's times where I feel like there's no flow to it. It's predictable. Every single week, you start off the show with two... 20-minute log wrestling matches like it's a pay-per-view. That's why I put it out on Twitter last night, AEW In Your House. It doesn't feel like a television show. It feels like a pay-per-view every week. And again, they have they have to bump up the race because they're competing against NXT, but and I I, 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 I know Hoodie was making the point that they're 10 weeks in and maybe I shouldn't be rushing the judgment, this and that. And usually I don't, I don't do that type of stuff. But this is the company that touts their horn Costly brings up NXT, Costly brings up WWE and how they're better than them. They want to throw arrows and they want to say that they didn't start the war. They don't want to make comparisons about WWE and they're not the company that is there to go against WWE and take them out of business. You gotta hold it to certain standards. <laughs> you call yourself all elite wrestling? I'm not treating you as you're if you're a baby promotion. <laughs> this is the company. That they decided they wanted to start a company that they, in the city where WWE's having a SmackDown show, and you want to tell me that WWE's the one that started the war. Really? <laughs> More times than not, I felt at times that All Elite Wrestling is not really AEW, it's ACW, All Condescending Wrestling. You get mixed messages from Tony Khan. You know, this is the company that's supposed to showcase younger talents, yet. Cody Rhodes and Chris Jericho are the only people on that show that are allowed to cut promos. And don't get me wrong, look at the promos they cut last night. They're good. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But, you know, you have Cody Rhodes coming out, making the same entrance and calling similar promos like he did in Ring of Honor a couple years ago. And, you know, I, I like I like Cody Rhodes. I don't have an issue with him. I'm talking fundamentally and structurally of AEW right now. At times, I feel it's condescending than it is elite. Yes, you have good wrestling matches, yeah, but you know, I I I try to gauge what's the right way to view this because 
I'm not going to come out here and view myself as an AEW hater because I wouldn't be covering the shows every week. I wouldn't be uh, putting time away for myself by covering AEW Dark every week, you know? I like the brand and I want it to succeed. I enjoy watching the wrestlers perform there. And I like the stuff I see. Like I said, I thought last night's Dynamite was pretty good. Um, I wouldn't say one show is better than the other this week, though, because I thought both of them were just solid for what it was. I thought it was kind of 50-50 between both of them, which, in my opinion, should be the case, because having AEW there is good for the wrestling business, it's good for the boys, and it's good for the wrestling fans in general, right? So, I, I liked Dynamite last night. My thing is, I would like to see a little different way they structure their formats. That's all I'm saying. I, I made my points clear about the commentary team. And this and that. I just want to see more of an identity and flow to AEW Dynamite and realize that AEW Dynamite is a TV show and not just a wrestling show that has pay-per-view style matches. I'm not lo- I'm not posting a lot of wrestling TV matches. Hell, I cover <laughs> long-ass matches on Monday Night Raw every week and NXT and all these other promotions. I'm not posting a lot of wrestling matches. But when you start off your show... With two long wrestling matches that have no consequence to it, you know what? What's that say to me as a viewer? I look at it. I'm looking at it through the lens of people who don't know who AEW is and why people should care for about it, right? You know, we, everybody puts WWE in a standard and they they ask these questions, but God forbid if you say anything about AEW because they just started and how dare you question them. I, I don't think that AEW should be treated as Teflon. You know, this is the company that calls itself All Elite Wrestling, and they're the cure for every wrestling fan that hates and despises the WWE. You should hold them to a different standard. That's just my opinion. So, I watch the shows, and more times than that, I think I get mixed messages for what AEW wants to be, and the way they, their talents act on social media, and then you got this stupid ad that TNT puts out, where, oh, AEW buries NXT, crushes NXT. If you ask my opinion from a general point of view of the shows from top to bottom every single week, it's been NXT higher than AEW from my point of view. I'm just talking strictly the shows. I'm not talking about booking, I'm not talking about angles, I'm talking about just pure entertainment. I think NXT has the edge over AEW. That's just my opinion. Then that's not saying that there's not stuff that I don't enjoy about AEW. Like I said, I enjoyed the Cody Rhodes promo. The the lexicon of the champion was fucking hilarious. I love it. I don't. I, this is the third time Jericho's made a different type of list, you know. And he's doing a great job as a champion. I like what he's doing. Him and Jungle Boy are going to have a fun match on December 18th, and that, that should be pretty interesting. Uh, you had Nyla Rose getting herself suspended, so let's see where that goes. Um, Hikaru Shida and Chris Statlander was a pretty good match. Uh, nice to see Chris Statlander get her first victory in AEW. Um, the whole stuff with the Nightmare Collective with Austin Cog and Brandy Rose, that stuff is just not good television. I'm just going to keep it 100. <laughs> it's just not good television. Uh, Christopher Daniels in Pentagon Jr. was alright. Uh, fortunately for the guys, there was a couple slip-ups in the match, but I enjoyed the match for what it was. And then finally, the main event was John Moxley and Joey Janela, where John Moxley picks up the victory, and Jericho mocks uh, John Moxley because John Moxley was standing in the crowd last week 
uh, at the end of the show. And now Jericho is standing out there with the inner circle to close out the show. So, looks like it's going to be Jericho and Moxley heading into 2020. And uh, it should be pretty cool. We'll see where that goes. Uh, anyways, let's move on really quick. Let's move on to NXT because we got to get out here in a couple minutes. Um, NXT last night started off the show with Killian Dane and Pete Dunne, which was a fantastic match. Uh, please go check out that match if you haven't. Killian Dane got a big victory over Pete Dunne, which I was kind of surprised. But kind of, it's not a bad thing either, you know. Uh, they have other guys in this NXT roster that's loaded, and you can implement guys from NXT UK or 205 Live at, at, at a moment's notice. You gotta get these other guys who are on the NXT roster over, too, you know? I love Pete Dunne. I love watching him wrestle. He can't win every match, you know? <laughs> so, I wasn't opposed to that. Uh, it was cool to see Kelly Dave win. Uh, Dakota Kai still doing her heel stuff. Uh, I, I thought the promo segment with the Unstreeted Era and Keith Lee was pretty good. Uh, that led into their main event that I'll get to in a couple minutes. Uh, nice to see Kashida return. A nice victory over Cameron Grimes. Uh, Shayna Baszler attacked Rhea Ripley, so their feud's going to continue. Actually, Shayna Baszler is putting her NXT uh, Women's title on the line against Rhea Ripley uh, in, two, uh, in two weeks. Uh, there's a, I think it's probably going to be the, the last NXT show of the year, December 18th. Uh, they're both hyping up December 18th, so I think that's going to be the last uh, major shows with major consequence of 2019 for both NXT and AEW, which is fine. Uh, I'm not opposed to that. Uh, you saw Cassius Ono show up, and they're building up this thing where you have the World's Collide show where it's going to be NXT uh, against NXT UK, and it's going to be fucking awesome. So the first little dose of it you had was Cassius Ono against Matt Riddle, which was really cool. And then, um, you know, Finn Balor saying that uh, the wrestlers at XC are playing checkers and he's playing chess and that uh, he's gunning for the XT uh, championship. Um, besides that, I'm trying to say anything else that stood out to me. I'm excited for next week's show where we have uh, Angel Garza against Leo Rush, the rematch for the um, Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, me and Gibb will be fighting Dakota Kai that show as well. And then, obviously, you have the main event. Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, and uh, Tomas Ciampa against the Unstreet Era. Nice, solid six-man tag team match. Uh, Tomas Ciampa, Keith Lee, and Dominic Dijakovic win. Uh, William Regal came out at the end of the show to announce that Finn Balor, Keith Lee, and uh, actually, um, my bad, <laughs> Tomas Ciampa will fight each other in a triple threat match uh, next week. And the winner will become the number one contender for the NXT Championship. So, um, good stuff there from top to bottom. Like I said, I enjoyed um, NXT just as much as uh, AEW this week. Uh, I wouldn't give one show the edge over the other. I wouldn't. I thought both shows were solid from top to bottom. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much what stood out for me from the Wednesday Night Wars this week. And um curious for you guys to go check out uh, the conversation that me and Hoodie had this week on uh, Hood and Lopez Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday on... Um, ESPN 1000 and the ESPN, ESPN app. Also, you can find that podcast on Spotify. On that note, we're going to wrap these up right here. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on Twitter at the Who's Podcast Instagram, Lopez 94 at Lopez Music. if you want to see me do any cool guitar covers and stuff. So, <laughs> also, um, you could um, check out 
ProWrestlingTranscripts.com. Make sure to bookmark it. I, I bust my ass there. I put a lot of work into that uh, website. Try to do little different articles to make it stand out for you guys. And um, besides that, you know, uh, make sure to check me out on Hooded Lopez. I'm having a lot of fun in that show. The show is sweeping uh, Chicago land and around the world. It's having a lot of fun. And make sure to check out Hoodie this week. He's going to be on Busted Open uh, this side tomorrow. Uh, with Dave LaGreca on Sirius XM. Uh, make sure to check it out on Busted Open Radio or Busted Open Podcast. So, with that said, I want to thank you guys so much for checking out SO 183 of the Who's Podcast. Make sure to leave a four or five star uh, review and rating. Tell a friend about the show. My name's Joshi. We'll be back here to make predictions for uh, WWTLC. And now, the thoughts of Derrico. Listen well, man. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to without a doubt the most filling part of your week. It is the thoughts of Derrico, featuring the one, the only, Brother Carter. I hope everybody uh, that's listening to this in the United States had a wonderful Thanksgiving and spent great time with your family, ate lots of food, watched lots of football, whatever it is that your traditions are. For the Thanksgiving holiday, I know I'm very excited as my Saints picked up a much-needed win in the Falcons against the Falcons, and then they didn't just and they didn't just you know win; they dominated. So that was very very exciting. But this is not a football podcast. This is a wrestling podcast, and that's what we're going to talk about today: is some wrestling. Okay, let's begin with Starcade and. My thoughts about Starcade is that they need to do something with this. They either need to make it an actual pay-per-view or not do it at all. Because, one, there were some technical issues with Starcade, and very few people got to see it on the WWE Network this week. Also, the next night on Raw, they didn't make any mention of the Starcade event at all. So that, to me, shows that the company doesn't really care about this event. And for something that's such a historical, that has such a historical context to it, I really think that you need to do, like, I mean, Starcade was one of the most important pay-per-views in both NWA and WCW history. And WWE is pretty much just, yeah, I understand that they're trying to pay homage to the past and do their own thing, but they're pretty much just, you know, frowning upon or making fun of the history of the past by what they've done to the Starcade brand. So... I really think WWE needs to either make Starcade, you know, I really think Starcade should be the December pay-per-view and they need to get rid of TLC and just make TLC a specialty event. Uh, and we'll get into that here in a second. But um, they need to put Starcade around Christmas time, make it uh, one of the, you know, make it the December pay-per-view and do that. Well, I mean, I think, w, or I think WWE has too many pay-per-views anyway, but... Uh, I really think that you need they need to do something and get, either get rid of the Starcade concept or make it a full-out pay-per-view because what they're doing just isn't working. Speaking of December pay-per-views, TLC is in less than two weeks and not one match has been announced for the card. So why am I going to watch it? You know, there's the WWE hasn't really built anything up for this event. Now, I assume we're going to get a bunch of matches announced 
uh, on Raw, NXT, and SmackDown this week, and that's fine. But WWE is basically trying to scramble together a pay-per-view. But the people that are going to be watching it have already bought tickets. They're excited. They're invested. And, again, I have I have no idea what's going to be on the card and why I should even watch, why I'm even interested. Because, I mean, I, the only matches I can think of off the top of my head – is maybe AJ Styles versus Randy Orton will probably be one. I would imagine we'll get The Fiend versus Bray Wyatt. I'm sorry, The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan, part two. But other than that, I can't imagine what other matches we're going to get. Maybe Bayley versus Lacey Evans. I have no idea what's happening with the Raw women's division. Uh, I have to imagine we'll get Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. Again, uh... Gosh, what else? I, I I don't I don't know what else. Um, the IC title probably won't be defended again because Nakamura, unfortunately, is just kind of floundering. Uh, I don't know what's happening with the tag team championships on either brand. So I have no idea what TLC is going to look like, and that's kind of scary as a fan. So there's something to think about. I really think WWE needs to take a look at this and rethink their pay-per-view structure uh, just based on what they're doing with TLC. Um, I don't know why I keep coming back to this this week, but how the heck is Aleister Black not in a title program? There hasn't been in a title program on the main roster. He's unbelievable. He's got one of the best entrances in all of the company, and he's fantastic in the ring. And I, I, I mean, I can't figure this out. Like, he will always have a job because of his entrance. Like, he's just unbelievable. So, I don't know why he hasn't been inside a program yet, but he's awesome, and WWE needs to do more with him. Switching over to AEW, uh, Le Lexicon of Le Champion is here now, and Jericho has brought back the list, which I'm actually very excited about because I love the list. Um, now, really what he's doing, though, is he's really just trying to steal off the thunder of the list of Derrico is really what's happening here. And I understand that. I mean, the list of the list of Derrico is probably one of the most important lists of the last 21st of the last, you know, of the 21st century. It probably is the most important list of the 21st century is the list of Derrico. Um, I haven't put anybody on the list in the while. I may have to do that. But anyways, Jericho has brought back the lexicon of Le Champion. And I love how he, you know, he put Moxley on there like eight times, which leads me to believe that my predicted Jericho versus Moxley feud is coming in 2020, which I think is exactly what needs to happen. That's a great, that's a great thing for both those competitors going forward. And I think that's going to be very, very, very cool. Well, that's all I've got this week for the thoughts of Jericho. I don't really have a final thought except uh, to go watch the college football games this week. Uh, it's going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to all of those games this week. And I will see you guys next week on The Thoughts of Derrico. This has been The Thoughts of Derrico. You're smarter now, man.